Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Chris Demonis, an artist and the curator uh, of a new art exhibition, Environments. It's happening at the Boynton House, January 16th to 21st, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Welcome, Chris. Welcome. Thank you, Marge. Oh, I'm very glad we found the time to do this. Chris, can you please tell us a little about yourself and like, what type of art do you do? Oh, that's a very good question. I, so uh, I, like a lot of artists, I went to uh, school and I uh, was self-taught and I've been working all my life on it. Um, I started with very uh, representational art with landscapes and por- people, portraits, uh, figurative work. Uh, in the last, uh, I would say, uh, six or seven years, I've moved almost to um, abstract work. It's never quite abstract. There are elements when you study them that, that have uh, figurative elements or they have writing or they may have uh, connections. Um, so mainly that's it. But uh, I do also, I work with a lot of media, a variety of medium, uh, everything from drawing to watercolor to painting, acrylic oils, uh, to sculpture and installations. And of mm. course, in this role, I'm acting as a curator. Uh, and that's another interest of mine. Right. Okay. And I did stumble over your name. It's Greek, correct? It is. Yes, it is. Okay. So I apologize. I am probably not the first one who's done that. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. Can you describe this exhibition? You know, what type of art? Uh, How many pieces are there? Okay. Uh, so it is Christos Damianos, just so <laughs> make sure that that's clarified. But thank you very much for your effort. Uh, the exhibition of the Boynton House is an exhibition that I um, uh, put together uh, in a um, basically selected from a number of submitting artists to the call that I put out, uh, in this case, Akimbo. And uh, it's 12 artists. Um, that have been selected. The, the requirements were that uh, we wanted to make it regional uh, because, as you know, uh, Richmond Hill was just uh, recently uh, still uh, celebrating its 50th anniversary. Uh, you mentioned another group, the Richmond Hill Artist Group, was uh, had their 40th anniversary. It's a very important time uh, in York Region. They're going through a lot of changes. So I wanted to be a 12 representative uh, artists from with uh, all of York region that either live or work here. So they had to have some connection. Okay. So uh, how did this uh, exhibit like really come to be? Like, have you done many curated many exhibits or what prompted this one? Yeah. I've curated exhibitions in the past. I haven't done a lot. I don't consider me myself a full-time curator. I do uh, collaborate, and, and I've had shows that I was the key curator and sometimes working with others. Um, it came about uh, probably uh, 
I'd say in the last two years, around the COVID period, when a lot of us were out there walking, uh, in my case, I live uh, literally, uh, my backyard is a, f- a forest, uh, a preserve, uh, green belt. Uh, so I, I would go for one or two hour walks daily, walking my dog sometimes, and and uh, I would discover things. I would uh, it's not something I just started, obviously. I've been walking and hiking all my life. But, but because of that time uh, that we, a lot of us uh, were reflecting on our lives and we re evaluating almost like New Year's, uh, you know, our pathways and our lives in the past. And I would walk in nature and I would discover things. Um, and, and there were things that uh, were covert almost. You had to, sometimes I walk past them half a dozen times and didn't see anything. And then uh, also, of course, uh, the this period didn't just end in a month or two. It went on for a year or two. So I would see the same sometimes pathways uh, uh, that in different different times of uh, year, different uh, weather conditions. Uh, mm-hmm. So things that I may have missed when it was spring, and uh, summer, when everything's green and vegetative, uh, vegetative, uh, 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 when it's full, uh, days like now where we have a lot of fresh snow and powder, uh, all of a sudden you notice things differently. So you yeah. start looking. It's very an inquisitive. I've always been very inquisitive and in finding mm. making connections. Um, I, I was also, if you were to read my artistic statement as an artist, I use the word hep- heptic. Um, so heptic, uh, I, I work in a he- very heptic process in which uh, especially touch is very important, but all the senses are very important to me. So a lot of my works may be even two-dimensional, but they're, they, they speak uh, to people uh, on an intellectual level, on an aesthetic level, on a, uh, you can almost sometimes even hear things and you can, mm-hmm. it, it brings you to your nostalgia and to your past and so on. Okay. So um, I, I can come back to this, but to answer your question, um, I began to create a body of work uh, uh, of my own uh, work and, and that had to do with scar it's actually it's called scarring and I'm still uh, a lot of a lot of artists will work on a theme for for sometimes years or a decade so this has been a two and a half three a year process and I call it scarring because as humans we have interaction with nature and often leave leave nature scarred and what I was finding when I was walking is evidence of the scarring. For example, one of the first thing I've noticed, and uh, I was sharing this with one of the other artists that dropped some work on uh, today for, for the, install- for the uh, exhibition. Um, and I said, this whole thing started with this bar. It's just a, a long one meter piece of um, four angled iron, and it was all twisted. And what is that? Well, I know that these were used uh, for centuries, uh, in some cases thousands of years, sometimes different materials, but they were corner markings of a property. And what used to be standard, that you had 100 acres uh, per farmer and so on, in fact, the early settlers had to really clear out land very, very quickly or they would mm-hmm. lose it, and they had to build a house and so on. So farmers are very much aware of this. But when the city, for example, in this case, Richmond Hill, uh, and there's the town of Richmond Hill and there's the city of Richmond Hill. When the city takes over, sometimes people donate land or the city comes up with this land. And what used to be little 
pieces of 100 acres are no longer 100 acres. They could be five or 700 acres. And so these, these pieces of metal that have been pounded into the earth to mark a corner are no longer vital or important. Yeah. And sometimes they're plucked and thrown away and so on. And that speaks, of course, to the settlement, speaks to the indigenous population, the whole thing of migration, which is, let's face it, Richmond Hill is one of the most diverse cities in Canada. And it has a lot of history. In fact, around the corner from me, we have a, a lake called Lake Wilcox. That is a gentleman that owned this property and had a, a role in developing of this uh, area of York Region and named the, the, the lake after them. Right. I was so, just at Lake Wilcox today. So it's a, it was a, a, a cold day to go for a walk along there. But yes, yeah. it is a beautiful place. But this inter- I, I would love to see one of these metal... Well, well, so poles. so as an as an artist, uh, I I tend to use uh, uh, found material a lot of times. Yeah. So okay. You, you create sculptures, but you can also use. Uh, so this is a really long traditional uh, of using um, found objects in art. It goes back to the sixties, um, and so that was the first thing I found. Then a little bit later, going on for my walks, as I'm recording these in my sketchbooks and making connections in my mind, I find. Fences. There used to be fences that farmers used to put out, except the city has now, in some cases, cut pieces out. Uh, some of them have rusted, rusted. Some of them have gone in, into the ground as dirt has been moved around. These were supposed to protect farmers for keeping their animals in and keeping wild animals out and to, par- uh, to mark their property in comparison to other farmers and so on. Well, you, when you look at it, you start in the winter. I, I remember the first time I saw it was just these little sticks sticking mm-hmm. out of the of the of the uh, snow fresh snow and yet when you look closer they are not minimalistic little pieces of stick they're actually pieces of metal that are sticking out of the ground and so uh, one of the works that's in the exhibition is a room in which uh, Sole Mustika has done an installation and she has these boxes um, and leaves and so on uh, but she's taking pictures of uh, this area where she, where somebody, whether it's a farmer or somebody else, has gone into the middle of the forest and dumped a whole bunch, dozens of concrete blocks and just dumped them there, which is not uncommon in my walks. I see tires, mm-hmm. I see garbage, yeah. I yes. see refrigerators, everything. Everything, yeah. But what's happened is nature always tries its hardest to incorporate and to make amends for human ugliness if we can keep it that that's that that is powerful okay yeah Yeah. coming back to that idea of scarring yeah so what and this was photographs that she had taken several weeks ago and uh there was a little bit of frost and the colors are vibrant because on top of what normally would be just blocks of concrete that would be lost you'd never would even notice them Except this time, there was beautiful moss growing out of the of these blocks, beautiful, vivid acid green. Just you, could, it just almost like marked like a stop sign on them. Wow. And so when you look at them, you approach it. And I remember approaching it. I remember uh, years ago when I used to teach photography, I talked about Migrant Mother by Dorothea Lang. And this mother with her three children braced during the Great Depression, and how the photographer describes, Dorothy Lang describes walking around the tent slowly and taking pictures, not saying a word to the mother, 
or to the children and just simply photo documenting this almost like a journalist, um, uh, arm's length, but close intimate uh, photography where there was this communication that was happening with a mother and mm. she would knew that this, the pictures had to be taken and all understood that there was an exchange that was happening, uh, that the pictures would do something. And in fact, they did. They affected the Canadian uh, American government and decisions that were being made at the time. But it's a time of sorrow. It's a very difficult position if you're a journalist and you're, you're seeing the horrific acts of life and so on. And so when, when this artist has taken these pictures of these concrete stones of course concrete absorbs a lot of moisture right so of course the the moss is going to grow and thrive in a place like that but when you're walking around all these concrete blocks uh, the artist says that she also felt that uh, um, it was almost uh, like sacred it was almost yeah. like approaching an archaeological site and they had something to say uh, mm -hmm. about those blocks they were not just simply drop blocks so yes you're in some ways scarring the earth but in another way it gives life to the earth because like a tree that has fallen and we see that in our walks all the time that tree becomes um you know skyscrapers mm -hmm. for all sorts of insects to make yeah. new homes and to dig in and to appreciate and and refurbish uh, the, mm -hmm. the development so, okay. so that's where a lot of these ideas came from and okay. then of course i'm starting to think yeah it, i can work my body of work my studio practice into this but wouldn't this be a nice way particularly i don't want to get political here but particularly at a time when the green belt has also becoming in the forefront of uh, growth, of uh, you know, protecting the Oak Ridge's corridor reserve, and in fact, uh, regionally, Dave Merrill is a, a past uh, uh, mayor of ours, um, and of course, one of the longest paths that we actually walked on. And I'll come back to that for this exhibition. We had an artist circle and a walk before so that to give the artists or people considering possibly submitting work a chance to see my vision to show them firsthand what i had seen and how it impacted my work and my feeling towards it because i consider myself to some extent a naturalist i do support a lot of uh these things uh and so on and yeah. the fact that i live on the green belt yeah you you I are very fortunate yeah, when you when you see five six deers in your backyard, yeah, wow. and you hear coyotes, I mean you're yeah. you're you know you're right there. Yeah. So the idea of finding garbage, the idea of finding dumping, the idea of uh, seeing buildings uh, coming up in a tack 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 tack, all those noises that you've never heard before, and all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're coming out of a clearing in the middle of the winter. So. I wanted them to be aware of this so that when they're submitting or creating or curating their own, which, which works am I going to submit? Right. Uh, they have a really good understanding. of Very my good. Okay. I wanted to ask you, like, do you see yourself as an environmental environmentalist or nature lover? Like how would you, that aspect, you're an I, artist, I, but yeah, the other part. I, I, I do it to some extent. I, I, I wish I could do something full time, but I do uh, what I, I think all of us have, uh, 
there's no excuses. I think all of us have the ability to some extent, whether it's in your own household, whether it's uh, uh, as I'm an educator as well. So I, mm-hmm. I have been able to to disseminate some of that information to my students, uh, whether it's in high school, university. Uh, I also used to do tree planting for years while I was going to school uh, to subsidize my my, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. my tuition. And <laughs> yeah. so I've been to BC, I've been to North mm-hmm. Ontario. And when you see these mountains that are stark naked of trees, the devastation that that happens. And then you think about all those thousands and thousands of trees that you've given a chance to, to, to reforest. Uh, uh, I do feel like I've done some part. One question I wanted to ask you is, is there a part of nature, something that really attracts you? Like, is it mountains, the water, Plants, insects, is there something that really draws you? Yeah, I, I think it's this just this idea that, I mean, I had this experience once when I was uh, in British Columbia and Prince George, and I, and I found myself on top of a hill looking down, probably, uh, I would probably say two, 3,000 feet below me, and there was a little lake that was pristine. And I, 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 I obviously, we probably had uh, um, indigenous uh, cultures that had been living there in, that, in those areas. Uh, but I felt like for the first time that I was possibly the first human being that may have walked that space, except for the bulldozers and the machines that came and destroyed everything behind me. What was in front of me was this pristine heaven. It, it, it was... Uh, sublime it was just done and and so that excites me and like most people i I like to see a beautiful beach and 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 visit places around the world so um but i think uh, nature is all around us and 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 i really think that a lot of us spend too much time ignoring it not realizing how fortunate we are yeah definitely uh yeah i'm a nature photographer so yeah and, and when i go out and i take uh photos i notice things that if I didn't have my camera in my hand, if I wasn't out there to look, I, I wouldn't see some of these things. So I, I yeah. find it as a, a real gift. It's a it's almost a tool to allow you to see. So I'm sure you know, you've uh, seen exactly the same. So Definitely. you have for this exhibit 12 artists. I know some of them. I have noted that they have names that suggest that they or their families were not born here in Canada. Do you believe different cultures portray art differently, um, you know, particularly nature? I think every culture has different perspectives and ways of understanding their cosmos mm-hmm. and their world around them. Uh, uh, I, I, it's, a, it's a wonderful observation you made in the sense that we all think of ourselves as Canadian or I was born in Canada, but a lot of us all have lineage that we come from. And, and uh, you know, that goes back to a lot of the early first Canadians that were actually Europeans from British Isles, most of the majority of them. Uh, and, and, you know, they came with their own um, expectations as to what they thought they were doing in this new country of ours. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people come as myself. I came uh, as a very young person from Greece, very different climate, very different uh, weather conditions, very, uh, and um, this was very new to me. Most of us come from countries where, like I said, don't have, we don't have the privilege of um, millions of acres of forests and uh yeah, a lot of us here uh, have wonderful parks uh, and wonderful um, 
communities uh, that have been created, whether it's for kids to play or or for us to, uh, um, uh, you know, get the, get into the outdoors. Uh, yeah. Okay. I I just have it's a question I've asked in seeing artists from different backgrounds. I do believe that your what where you come from, what your background, what your environment does is reflected in your work, how you portray things. So I find that quite interesting, actually. And I find there's almost a uh, if I, if I could, version. I could actually answer that question because years ago uh, I, I did some work with. Uh, one of the consulates in Toronto, and it was a, a project uh, that uh, was called the Mediterranean, and uh, that one involved uh, uh, all the consulate generals of uh, Canada, or at least the Toronto area, and uh, that had a foothold into the Mediterranean. And of course, that covers a lot of countries, and of course. The one thing that brought us all together was not only the water of the Mediterranean, the geography, the uh, the water edges and uh, mountainsides and whatever, but of course the olive, because all countries around the Mediterranean, to whatever extent, grow olive trees and create olive oil. And so that is a commonality. And so, yes, uh, different parts of the world have different geology and different uh, environments and different... Uh, agriculture and of course uh, uh, nature uh, and how they interpret is completely different. All you have to do is open up a textbook of art history for the last 4,000 years and we see examples where people are dealing with the same themes, the same issues but they're coming out slightly different because Yeah, yeah, yeah. your background I think does affect how you do see the world so it's, it's interesting to see that so you've got Diverse group of artists that you brought together, looking at basically the Oak Ridge's moraine. Um, how would yeah. you describe? How would you describe this art? Like, is it all? It isn't all watercolors. There's all a diverse type of art. And how many yeah. pieces of art? I'm wondering okay. about too. Uh, the the large. It's not a Boynton House is a very small uh, space. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some ways, is from the curator's perspective, it's actually a big space because. Yeah. It's a lot of space to fill, and if you look at it that way, uh, it's not a lot of work. I think it's uh, in total there's uh, something like thirty works. Uh, okay. There's twelve artists, as I said. One artist is an installation artist, so they're working sl- slightly separately. One of the things that co- I think has, is a commonality. If, well, first off, we have uh, artists, some artists that are uh, developing artists. Uh, they're all self-taught artists, or uh, um, they're just really getting started. And then we have other artists that have been around, as you you, are, you said you were aware of some of them. Uh, they've been art- practicing for 20 or 30 years. So mm-hmm. there is that. Uh, I'm, I'm publishing a small um, catalog. Uh, mm-hmm. And part of one, one of the things I asked the artists, which I think is standard, was to submit an artistic statement and to submit uh, their CV. So when you look through the CVs, and the general public will be able to do that when they come to the show, is you will see uh, where, and you can also see commonalities, people coming from different areas, and yet they've shown at different times in the same spaces around Toronto and and, Mm -hmm. uh, York region, Durham, and so on. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, I think from the 11 artists that were what I call two-dimensional artists, and we have everything, every medium covered, from watercolor to drawing to... to, uh, paintings on panel, paintings on canvas, oil, acrylic. Uh, one of the things that is very common is 
they all seem to paint landscapes in different ways, but they're all devoid of humans, hmm. which is actually very interesting, except for one painting that has a deer in it, unless I've missed something. All, all of them do not include humans, which is interesting because it comes back to what you said about your photography, is that for some reason, in, in, perhaps in order to have purity and to have uh, beauty or the sublimity of art, it has to be without people. Because as soon as possibly, I'll leave that to other people's interpretation. But it's, mm -hmm. it's a very interesting uh, thing that I noticed. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing all these exhibits, these pieces of art uh, at your um, at exhibit. You're just there for the one week. It's actually not even a whole week. You start on Tuesday, you open, and then you close on Sunday. Yes. And uh, there's, yeah, uh, yeah, and then Wednesday evening there is the open house, correct? Or the uh, That's right. and the artists will be there. Yeah, so on Wednesday, it's 5 to 8, but we're going to, around 6.30, we're going to actually have the mayor uh, come in, and he's, uh, I'm going to have a very uh, brief introduction, much of what we've said today, uh, mm -hmm. as, as, from a curator's perspective. I'll introduce the artists, uh, and then the, the mayor will have, it was interesting because the mayor um, and the acting mayor were both present at the 50th anniversary of the Richmond Hill Artist Group, which is uh, wonderful to see. And uh, it's interesting also that the mayor has an art background. Uh, yeah. So he's a great lover of the arts. Uh, so it's that night uh, that is obviously going to be important because you get to meet all the artists. You can have yeah. an exchange of communication with them. And... Uh, and uh, it's hard to walk into a space and just read an artistic statement. Uh, I always advise uh, my friends and students and so on to always, if you, can, if you can make it on a Thursday night downtown and uh, check out the opening exhibition, it's uh, definitely worth the drive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting the artist, Andrea And, who I believe is one of your artists. She's a good friend. I totally admire her work her cottage is near my cottage and so i feel like she's painting my back by my, my cottage property so I, I love that and uh uh the our mayor david west is a photographer and i actually consider him my mentor for photography so <laughs> um it's uh all very positive so i think it's great that you're doing this uh, uh the idea that you are doing this with uh, putting a focus on the Oak Ridges Moraine got me quite excited. Um, the friends from Livable Richmond Hill, which is really about protecting the Oak Ridges Moraine, uh, you got to come out and see this. So they're coming as well. And I was glad to see that enthusiasm. So, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you who else, like who really should be coming to see this exhibit? Uh, obviously, who would enjoy it? Yeah, I think uh, students, uh, I've, I've contacted uh, a lot of um, if, uh, hope, uh, students for volunteers, of course, students uh, to, it would be great if we lived in a place where in the old time where you can just say today I'm going across the street to the Boynton House. And, but yeah, I would say the new generation needs to see this because uh, a lot of our decisions uh, in past generations are going to impact them. Uh, the general public, uh, certainly. Uh, one of the things I wanted to also mention is the, that landscape is really, really important. I, you mentioned that from the photography perspective, but 
uh, a lot of people forget that these areas that we talk about, the York region, uh, I remember even when I first came to Richmond Hill, uh, Major McKenzie in North, these are the lands, the group of seven painted. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. we still have in Unionville, Varley, and we have Tom Thompson, and we have, uh, you know, elements of where people used to paint, the McMichael, the, and so on. These were, and of course, you know, further north, the Gunkwood Park, and so on, the places that were considered the wilderness, where people, artists, the group of seven painted their landscapes. Uh, yeah. and, and we forget that change oh, has yeah. happened very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to be reminded of the beauty, the history of where we are actually living. Like you can go around and drive around and forget about that, uh, what the place really was is about. So yeah, I'm so that's again why I'm so glad that you were doing this exhibit. Uh, I think art is really powerful for giving this message. So yeah, it's all quite good. Now, Thank you. I do end the podcast with the guest's response to one question. Same question for all guests. Name one thing you really like about this community. Oh, uh, uh, Richmond Hill and yeah, Richmond Hill, York Yeah, yeah. One, yeah. one thing you like about the community. I, I think I just answered that question already yeah. in our discussion, the podcast. I think it's nature. Nature. I think, yeah. I think uh, there's there's things that still need to be done to improve and to create opportunity and so on. But I think one of the things that they've got done right is uh, nature. I think uh, uh, whether it's uh, uh, Swan Lake or the Lake Wilcox, uh, or some of the things at the Boynton House and the community centers and so on. Uh, I think the fact that I see people coming from Newmarket and from uh, St. Catharines to come and see these lakes and to spend time here and take out their bicycles and, and walk, and uh, it, it says that... Um, I also mentioned Dave uh, Mayor, uh, the pathways that I was walking, and one of the things that becomes really uh, important is that uh, the city has spent a lot of money thinking about new roads and uh, parking lots and uh, the uh, creating, there's a beautiful map of these whole areas that you can actually go from uh, one to 35 and you can pathway yourself as to uh, from Bethesda all the way to Stouffville Road and connect all these little pathways and find things so uh, this is, of course, very important for children, but the idea of create, allowing the imagination to, to roam and to discover things and to just, uh, you know, meet people and talk and, and see animals, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's what, uh, you know, provides peace for so many of us. So yeah. that's one of the things that they got. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Chris, thanks for taking the time to do this podcast. And again, I'm looking forward to seeing you. I hope I see lots of other people I know as well. But uh, it, it's, it's been great. So again, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at Marge, M-A-R-J, at MargeAndre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected. <laughs>